Good evening, church. Please turn with me to the book of Zechariah, chapter 7. If you're using the Pew Bible, you will find it on page 844. And we will be looking at verse 9 tonight. Zechariah, chapter 7, and verse 9 on page 844. The Lord of armies says this, make fair decisions, show faithful love and compassion to one another. Let's pray before we look at this verse in more detail. Father God, we thank you for your word and Lord, we thank you for your instruction. Lord, we pray that you will open our hearts and that you will open our minds this evening And help us to see you and the works that you have done, that we will reflect them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, imagine you're a football player on the Patriots team. You know that Bill Belichick is tough on people who show up late for the meetings in the morning. And we've seen many news about that. So you wake up really early in the morning, and you get to the facility on time, and you go through the team meetings and other things, but you don't read your playbook, you don't eat right, and definitely your body is not in any condition that resembles a professional football player. And obviously, because of you, the team is struggling, and you are struggling on the field. But you're on time every morning. And you do this just so you don't get on Belichick's wrong side. And then you go to the assistant coaches and you ask him, hey, how long are we supposed to come to these meetings in the morning? When will we get a break? And then the assistant coach, what do you think he'll say? It's like, dude, know the playbook. Get your body in shape. Forget about the meetings. Do what you're supposed to do. That is exactly what we see happening in the book of Zechariah. Zechariah is a prophet who is prophesying after the Israelites return from their exile, where they spent 70 years. During their exile, the Israelites had multiple fasts. They fasted not only in the seventh month, which was the month when the Day of Atonement was, but they also fasted in the fifth month. But their fast was not in obedience or it was not because of repentance. Remember, they're in exile. And they were not fasting because they were repenting for their sins. But they were fasting because of self-pity. They were doing it just so they could get out of exile. They were not seeking the Lord or worshiping him. Now, after they get back into their own land, they're still continuing to fast But now they want to inquire of the Lord, Lord, should we fast uh, the fifth month and also in the seventh month? And when they go to to the priests, the Lord gets to the heart of their issue. And we see that so many times. Instead of answering the external actions, he gets to their heart and he says in verse five, did you fast for me or did you fast for yourselves? 
he calls them out on their hypocrisy. And the Lord reminds them through Zechariah the prophet that he never wanted superficial worship. Rather, he wanted them to be just, to be loving, and to have compassion. Zechariah in verse 9, which we read, uh, he is reminding the people of Israel of the words of the Lord which he spoke through the earlier prophets. He spoke through Ezekiel, through Micah, through Isaiah, through Jeremiah, and through others. And it was the same word, to be just, to be loving, and compassionate. This is what was important to the Lord. But why these things? Why are these things important to God? It is because that is who God is. And he wanted his people to reflect his nature to one another through their actions. His desire from the beginning of creation is that his image bearers will reflect him in every way. And God reminds the Israelites after the exile that his message has not changed. And he is reminding us tonight that it has not changed even for us today. So if you're taking notes from our verse today, this is a big idea for us tonight. Show God's work in your life through your works. Show God's work in your life through your works. And we will look at it in two ways. The first is understand God's work in your life. Understand God's work in your life. And the second, produce fruit. First, let's look at how we can understand God's work in our lives. If we are to show God's work and if we are to reflect his character as God has commanded us to do, we have to first know and understand his work in our life. Not just abstractly, but personally. We have to know it personally. It cannot be just head knowledge, but we have to know it in our innermost being. And thank God he has revealed it to us. Just think about the three things that we read in our verse tonight. Judgment, faithful love, and compassion. The Bible says that there is no unrighteousness in God, Psalm 92. And in 1 John, we read that there is no darkness in him whatsoever. So how can someone who has no evil or falseness in him ever make untrue or unfair judgments? In Revelation 15, we see the heavenly hosts, they're singing, Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Just and true are ev- is everything that God does. The, word, the Hebrew word for faithful love in this, in this verse is the word chesed. It's one of those words that you have to say from the back of your throat and you don't want to be standing in front of anybody when they're saying it. It's the word chesed. And this is the word that is used for God's covenant love towards his people. This is God's steadfast love. His loving kindness, which he has shown over and over again in redeeming and delivering his people. Think about Psalm 51, verse 1, when David prays, Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your chesed, according to your abundant compassion, be gracious to me. It's the same word that is used in Zechariah 7, 9 also. David experienced 
God's faithful love and his compassion personally. But the greatest display of God's true justice, his covenant love, his steadfast love, and his compassion was in the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus, true God, became true man and took on flesh, which we will celebrate in a week. He did that for our sake so that we can know and experience God's love personally. He lived a perfect life but was still put on death Uh, was still put to death on a cross because he took our sins. And God's true justice was seen when God condemned our sins in his flesh. In the death of Jesus, God's justice against sin and his steadfast love and compassion for us was manifested. But Jesus did not stay dead. He rose again on the third day and everyone who will call on his name they can also know the steadfast love of God personally in their lives. If you're a non-Christian, we're very glad you're here and you're listening to this. And we urge you, like David, cry out to his grace so that you can also know personally God's work in your life. And if you're a Christian and if you have trusted in the redeeming work of Jesus, then you have seen his justice and have personally known his faithful love. And his compassion. And in light of this, God calls us to reflect his nature to everyone around us. And that brings me to my second point produce fruit. The first imperative in our verse that we looked at, Zechariah 7 9, is to make fair decisions. Or literally, it is to judge true judgments. We are called to be truthful. In our judgments, particularly when it comes to others. In some ways, and in many ways actually, this is the same as the ninth commandment. Do not bear false witness against one another. This means we cannot speak falsely about one another. We cannot slander anybody. When we knowingly slander people, when we intentionally spread lies about others, we're not reflecting God's character. But we are following in the footsteps of the great accuser of the brethren, Satan. As children of God, we should resist that. And we should not just resist that, we should also not participate in such unwholesome talk. But many times, we rush to judgment of others based on false or incomplete information. We may hear part of the story, and with that, we build out a whole false narrative about people. This is also not truthful judgment. Proverbs 18 says that we have to listen before giving an answer. We have to hear the whole argument or the whole story before we can respond. In the same way, we have to learn the entire situation before we can say anything about it. Rushing to judgment has become very prevalent in our day today. We see one side of the story, the side of the story that we want to see, and we come to our own conclusions. There's so many examples in our, in our current world. And we see so many things in our media. But we have to learn the whole facts before we go off passing judgment on Facebook or any other social media that we choose. And if we're not interested in seeking facts, then part of making fair decisions, judging true judgments, is to not say anything about it. 
But making true judgments also includes discerning truth from error, particularly when it comes to biblical principles. We cannot just go along with every wind of doctrine. We have to discern what is good and accurate. And we can do this only when we understand the truth through the word of God. Are we living in the word every day? Can we differentiate between true teaching and false teaching? Be it in the form of a sermon, a blog post, or even so-called Christian music. Can we make fair decisions when we encounter biblical principles? The second part of the verse, or the second imperative in the verse that we looked at, Zechariah 7-9, says, show, or literally, practice faithful love. It, it means to practice chesed and compassion. Going back to the work that God has done in us, he showed us his faithful love towards us by forgiving us our sins. And we should practice the same with our brothers and sisters. We should be merciful when we are wronged and we should not harbor unforgiveness. Paul tells us in Colossians 3 that we have to bear with one another and we have to forgive one another just as the Lord forgave us in Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 1.13, he tells us that love does not keep a record of wrongs done. This is practicing love towards one another. And our love for one another has to be sacrificial. It cannot be a love only out of convenience. We cannot wait for the right circumstance or the right situation. Rather, we need to show our love when our brothers and sisters are in need. This will include sacrificing our time and our resources. You know, like the parable of the Good Samaritan that Jesus said, we should be willing to change our plans and to be inconvenienced in loving and helping one another. And we talk, when we talk about covenant love, chesed, we have to remember that as members of this church, we have covenant, covenanted together. And the way we can show or practice that covenant love in our lives is by being faithful to our covenant. It is by working for the unity of the spirit among us, by exercising affectionate care and being watchful over each other, by not forsaking the assembly, by rejoicing in each other's joys and bearing one another's burdens, by supporting the ministry of the church, and by spreading the gospel together. This is how we can show that covenant love towards one another. Remember Jesus in John 13, 35, he says that the world will know by the way we love one another that we are his disciples. This is how we reflect his character. And as we conclude, I want to remind us that everything that God has made, he has made it to reflect his glory. Psalm 19, 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. But nothing in creation, nothing in creation can personally experience it or know it like we have. God has revealed this to us personally through his son Jesus. And now we have to show God's work in our lives through our works. Let's pray.
Father God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And we thank you that you have shown your nature and your character to us in his life, his death, and his resurrection. Lord, we pray that as we live the life that we have received because of his work, that our works will show who you are to people around us. And that by our works, we will glorify you and that we will, that we will show that we are your children. In Jesus' name I pray.